Hey yeah. there, welcome to Be With The Word. I am Dr. Jerry Creed. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist here in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. And it is excellent to be with you, all of our listeners, all of our viewers. And I am pleased and honored to be with you here, Dr. Jerry. It's going to well, be a great show. Yes. This is, we're going to be looking at the readings from the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Um, and if you want to hear those readings, go on over to hear the word. And Dr. Peter and I read them to you. For all it's worth. <laughs> so we hope you will enjoy that and then and then come back over or you can read them on your own or uh, you can just follow us. But I'll give you just a quick update. The first reading is from Sirach and it the topic really is anger and wrath and all that. And then the Psalms come right after it, speak about God's compassion, that he's slow to anger, that he's merciful. Then we have St. Paul and he gets into this idea of being kind of, let me think now, like one uh, with with uh, Jesus, obviously, in life and death. So uh, it's a short reading, that we live and we die in the Lord. And then the Gospel of Matthew, because we've been in Matthew for a while now, um, in this uh, liturgical season, in this cycle. And this is a powerful one about forgiveness and about the a master who forgives a great amount to his servant. And then that same servant turns around is ungrateful and unforgiving to someone else and what plays out. So that's the famous line where Peter asks if Jesus forgives him, if we should forgive seven times. And Jesus says 70 times seven. So, or 70 times seven, right? Right. And this is, this is episode 43, is right? Three. Yeah. 43. Yes. Yeah. And and the title of it is Anger, Wrath, and Vengeance. Oh, my. My. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to be leading you there. So I'm really curious. Like, we've got this set of readings, really excellent readings. And we discussed this a little bit before, Dr. Jerry. But just just tell me, like, what what grabbed you emotionally, like, yeah. when, you, when you read these? Yeah. You know, maybe not theologically, maybe not spiritually. But what, like, hooked you in emotionally? Well, honestly, I did. Well, I was moved by Sirach, and always excited because it's a deuterocanonical book. So Protestants aren't usually familiar with it, and wow, it was powerful. And the, and the words in it about cherishing anger in this kind of thing really spoke to me. And then that resonated back in with this powerful story of this king who is forgiving out of compassion, right? Right, and then the guy has the gall to be unforgiving and full of anger towards someone else and mm -hmm. so I, I don't know that that really spoke to me is wow we have to be compassionate and merciful and forgiving if we expect god to be that way with us i i had a very similar reaction like i was astonished when i read this passage in sirach at just the the imagery in it you know the idea of you know the uh, the the sinner hugging wrath and anger tightly, just hugging them, right? And and then just it just it sounded almost like something that um, that Jesus would say in the gospel. Just the just the the uh, the admonitions here about um, not nourishing anger. And I didn't 
I, I use that word a lot, nourishing anger, to distinguish it from experiencing anger as an emotion, you know, nourishing anger. And there it is right there in Sirach, you know, this idea of nourishing anger against another. And then how can you expect healing from the Lord if you're doing that? So it was just like, it just was very visceral. It like got my body pulled in, um, you know, when I was reading Sirach, so. That's nice. And you know, I mean, I felt that way too. There, I'm curious too, just to lay it out for our listeners, because you're going to give us, or, and I'm going to help, <laughs> <laughs> um, what to do with anger, how to really look at anger, how to see right. anger and what to do with right. it. Right. So, so I really love to go, see, anger is one of those things that so many of my clients are just really struggle with, right? Because on the one hand, anger is one of the seven deadly sins, right? Like, and there's a lot of admonitions in the scripture about anger, right? Um, and on the other hand, you know, Jesus is angry at certain points in the, uh, in the gospel, right? For example, in uh, Mark chapter three, verse five, you know, this is, um, this is where he's angry at the Pharisees. He says, and he looked around the, he looked around at them with anger grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored, right? The Pharisees in that point were like upset with Jesus about healing on the Sabbath, right? They were really caught up with that. And Jesus was angry at them. And at different points, he was angry at the money changers in the temple. He was angry at the scribes and the Pharisees. He was angry at his own apostles. You know, there's these moments where Jesus is angry. Um, And so how do we reconcile the anger as one of the seven deadly sins and then our Lord, who was perfect, not, not never sinned, right? In fact, was, you know, our, 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 our example, right? Being angry. Right, right. Well, I think this really speaks to anger, um, to me, as a righteous anger, right? Where there's, where there's a question of justice. Right. Whenever Jesus is angry, there's a question of justice. Like in this gospel, the king or master who has forgiven this guy tons, like unbelievable amounts is rightly angry at the guy who is basically a hypocrite who basically um, he, he wasn't willing to forgive someone else when he had been even forgiven in greater ways. And so that's what I feel like Jesus is often gets angry about, but here's the thing. It's, it's still purposeful the anger. Cause I know that for me, even as a kid, and I know lots of my clients have experienced this is people, parents, or some other person's anger being kind of an out of control, wild rage that just isn't purposeful. It's just a lashing out. And I think that's where people don't know what to do with anger. Cause I know I have a lot of clients and even myself, sometimes I actually turn off anger. Mm-hmm. when i shouldn't mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense like disconnect from it is that disconnect what you're talking about because yeah. anger sends me to a place i don't want to be right. You know, right i've experienced it out of control anger and i don't want to be there developmentally one of the most important things that parents can do is to help children with emotional regulation right it's to help them with emotional regulation because children cannot regulate their emotions when they're really small right we know this right how can an infant or a toddler regulate their emotions without some help from the parent so and i think anger is one of those tricky one of the trickiest emotions because i have known clients for whom when they were growing up there was no 
permitted expressions of anger. Right. Nothing, nothing that was angry would be permitted, right? So what those children learn then is that not inappropriate behavioral expressions of anger are, are wrong or sinful, but they learn that the emotion itself is right. sinful. They learn that it's dangerous to even feel the anger because, you know, for little kids acting on an emotion and feeling the emotion, there's not much distance there, right? The, right. You know, they feel it, they're likely to act it out. So parents really need to make sure that with their little kids, that there is a way that they can express anger that um, that is acceptable to the parent. Otherwise, that er that anger is going to get disconnected. It's going to get dissociated. It's going to get uh, broken uh, out of. It's going to be um, it's going to be detached from conscious awareness, and it's going to continue to exist. But it's going to exist in a place where the intellect and the will can't even access it you know, where they're not, it's not even available. And then when that happens, it's much more likely to have, um, to have, uh, to be expressed through the unconscious and, and enactments that, you know, are unexpected, right? So right. people losing it, you know, because they're, they weren't in touch with their anger. So that's, that's something that I see a lot clinically. And so I think we need to make a distinction between what's called a first moral act and a, and a second moral act. The first moral act is something that comes up spontaneously. It comes up without, um, without being under the, in, the influence of the will, like an emotion, right? It comes up spontaneously. It, that doesn't carry any moral weight, okay? You know, for a person to experience anger, that in and of itself doesn't carry a moral weight. What carries the moral weight is what you do with it, right? In other words, so if I have if I have an experience of anger comes up toward my wife, for example, uh, no sin yet. But if I ream her out, you know, if I'm yelling at her and I'm cutting her down, that's where the sin is, right? It's in the action that goes along with the um, that goes along with the emotion. So there's a distinction here, and English is a really tricky language because it doesn't have a wide range of uh, words to express uh, internal emotional experience. For example, the Inuit people have 22 words to describe love, and we have one in English, right? So it's similar in, ang in, in English with this whole concept of anger. You know, so, so I actually got into the Latin a little bit. Uh, because I like to look at this, I want to see what words they're using. And so when they talk about wrath and anger in Sirach, the, um, the words are, um, are um, ira et furor, ira et furor. And furor means like frenzy, rage, you know, it's got this intense action component to it, you know, raving, right? That's the sort of sense, right? So it's clearly involving behavioral enactments, actions, right? Ira, on the other hand, carries more of the emotional aspects of it. It can express uh, wrath or rage. It's translated as wrath, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so is that is that clear? Like when I describe it that way to you, Doctor Jerry, is that kind of clear between the emotional and the yeah. sort of nourished, cherished anger? You know, where you take it in and you harbor it, you nourish it, you feed it. You know, yeah. holding grudges. I think you use the word resentment a lot. I know, uh, you know, harboring that resentment. That's the kind of thing. That's the kind. Of yeah, thing. I think absolutely. I think I like what you were saying there before. I think that 
that it can express itself in like if it gets buried and it gets kind of buried into this subconscious then it expresses itself in unexpected ways right I feel like that's also where it can express itself in like what's commonly called passive aggressive ways mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where the person may not even fully be aware that they are behaving passive aggressively because they 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 have no natural healthy ways to channel their own anger and they don't have positive ways to communicate their feelings and so it goes underground but people still feel it oh yeah <laughs> yeah it has to be you know for something to be really effective passive aggressively it has to be outside of the um it has to be outside of the person who's passive aggressive that person's awareness right and it has to still register with the person that they're angry with otherwise it doesn't work right so <laughs> you got to have both right you've got to have it being unconscious um, and that the reason for that, according to psychodynamic theorists, is because the person fears that the anger is going to harm their relationship. And so the, the, it's not that they're not enacting it. They are enacting it, but they're not aware that they're enacting it. So it's sort of still harming the relationship, just not, just not in their awareness. You know, so. It's always true they're not aware. Like, I feel like there's got to be like there's something that there's some aware. They're not maybe... Yeah, I mean, it depends a little bit on how you think about awareness. I think about parts, right? So I think about some parts are aware and other parts are not aware. But, you know, under that traditional one, yeah, the fear is that um, if I'm angry, I'm going to lose my relationships because there's some historical evidence for that. It happened in certain key relationships in the past. I wish someone called me more. Right. And then I was kind of angry about that. Right. And then, but I couldn't just come right out. I feel like I can't come out and say it or I right. write this relationship. So then I find ways, other ways to make the point, you know, without being direct. Right. You know, um, you know. So like if up. I say to you, what's wrong? And you would say nothing, nothing's wrong, you know, right. and, you right. know, and it's, it's clear that I've, you know, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. The, the, the passive aggressive stuff is when someone comes out like in my phone call example was to say you know uh well i know you must be really busy at work a lot otherwise you would have called me i feel like there's some awareness in that statement happening like that's not just a slip mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet that's a very passive aggressive way to say i'm upset that you you don't call me right okay. Well, so I make, so I was a psychodynamic, I, I was psychodynamic for 15 years before I changed my orientation in the last three or so. And there's, so there's a, there's a distinction that I would make between something passive aggressive and indirectly aggressive. Mm-hmm. So one can be passive aggressive and that would mean that it's more unconscious. Okay. If you're calculating about it, it's not so much passive anymore. It's active, but it's indirect. Gotcha. Oh, well, that makes so sense. That, that would be the distinction that I yeah. would make on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really good. So, that's really yeah. good. You know, I was, you know, I was, I saw this movie just the other day. Um, it was actually a client had mentioned that this was a, one of their most powerful movies they've ever seen. Oh, really? And uh, and it was, a, I'll say as much that it's a male client. <laughs> and so hopefully I haven't identified it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I don't think so, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and a lot of the issues that we talk about, I talk about this client and many of my clients are issues of masculinity, issues of what it is to be a man and all this kind of thing. And um, so I went ahead and watched this movie. It was called Warrior. The movie okay. called Warrior. You may not have heard of it. I didn't know of it before. Came out in yeah. 2011. Nick Nolte, Tom Hardy are in the really good actors, and uh, but it was about these these two brothers, 
and an alcoholic father and how they had completely different paths. And the one brother um, went to Iraq, who was a Marine and has this whole story. And the other one uh, was like a family guy with his kids and everything. And they're both got estranged from their father and their mother dies. Well, what is interesting is they've got both of them so much anger, to, in particular toward their father in, one, in, in this case. And, but also other things like what happened to the one guy in Iraq, what happened, you know, and they, they both, the story is kind of wild because they both end up in a um, MMA. It's a multi um, uh, mixed martial arts mm-hmm. uh, giant tournament. You know, of course, is, you know, you got this big setup. It's a Hollywood movie, but it's very <laughs> powerful. The acting's great. But anyway, the point is the one character um, who, who had been a vet, he was so filled with rage it was just and he went in there he just took down each opponent took down each it was so targeted and 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 you could tell and he he couldn't face his father like he was his father's you could help me but don't talk to me don't be part of my life right and i i really thought that character just really moved me and so i just saw that movie and then i read sirak about the harboring you know all that all that anger yeah really spoke to me yeah yeah well i think that there is a lot more rage a lot more intense anger a lot more hatred actually in many people than they realize that they have um, because Mm -hmm. it's so threatening uh to be aware of it and there's the reason it's threatening is because of the potential for being overwhelmed by it because once we become overwhelmed by it then it becomes very difficult to not um to not act out, especially with something as powerful as rage, right? So yeah. the possibility of our impulses getting the better of us, um, you know, is 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 really high. Yeah. And so I think as a as a way to cope, uh, that intensity is um, is is it's it's um, dissociated or it's disconnected within us, and so then we start to lose that integration of you know our past present future and then our emotions our impulses our attitudes our our beliefs our thoughts you know and that integration is one of those hallmarks of of mental health right so if we have that kind of intensity and that lack of resolution around anger which is common for many many people Right. It, it really, it really harms us. Yeah. Right. So I think some people don't want to burn with anger. You know, they're, they're reading the scripture, they're serious Catholics, you know, and so they actually attempt, they want to suppress their anger. So suppression is different from repression because repression happens automatically. Suppression is voluntary. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to stuff it out of my mind. Right. I'm going to, it doesn't exist anymore. Cause the idea is if I can't see it anymore, if I can't feel it anymore, it's not there. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We have we have two problems, right? Well, probably more than two, but two biggies. One would be letting your letting it rip, like just having it become right. rage. Basically, right. the Incredible Hulk. Right. right. When, exactly. When Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk. He's out of control. Right. He's right. just what he is. And then, or and then this other example of suppression or some form of burying, not dealing with the anger. Right. In which right. case, it comes out in some other way. Right. And you might see an example of something like that in the movie Falling Down, right, where the main character just, you know, starts to experience a lot of rage coming out, 
you know, that had been previously suppressed, right. you know, so, so what we want to do is to be able to, um, titrate that and work through the, uh, heal the wounds, right? Because a healed wound doesn't generate anger anymore. Unhealed wounds, uh, unaddressed injustices or perceived injustices do. Right. They do, right. they do, especially that justice aspect of it. So, uh, and that's sometimes the most uh, difficult aspect to work through with uh, um, individuals that have experienced uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse in childhood, um, especially with family members or trusted, you know, trusted people in their lives, and right. they have experienced that betrayal. The anger can be actually, uh, and the sense of betrayal can be actually more intense in some ways than the effects of the abuse itself, the emotional right. reactions. Well, so what do we um, deal with this? Like, so if you have intense feelings of anger and you have either a tendency to lash out or you have a tendency to bury, right? Right. Either one is not a healthy response. So what do we do? Well, can I still, can I, I want to answer that, but can I throw out a couple of other problematic ways of dealing with it? Oh there's, yeah. yeah sure. There's a couple more. One is to go to spiritual bypassing. Right. And spiritual bypassing is where you, um, yeah, where you, where you say, oh, I forgive whatever happened. I forgive. Right. And it's sort of this, um, almost like, uh, um, almost like, a um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sort of very casual, uh, very naive, uh, way of just saying everything's fine. You know, I just forgive. Forgiveness is an act of the will. I just forget whatever happened. I don't need to deal with it. Actually. Uh, I just offer it up all up to Jesus. Um, and, and not realizing the impact that it really has. It's sort of like papering over it. I've definitely done that. (laughs) I had to work through the fact that I had done that and not dealt with my actual anger. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, the temptation is huge again, because we don't want to lose control. It it took a decade for me to get. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it doesn't surprise me, Jerry. I mean, because some of this stuff is like so powerful and it's not even in words, right? I mean, if you, if you, um, if you experienced like um, these kind of wounds before the age of two, they're going to be encoded in ways that are not verbal. They're pre-verbal, right? So Mm -hmm. they're going to be stored in the body. They're going to be stored in memory in ways that you know, make it hard to actually access with our, our cognitive abilities, because we need to think in symbolic terms, right, involving language and words. So a lot of it is having to like, be able to put these things into words in order to be able to understand them and forgive them. Now, we don't have to understand everything to forgive, but we don't want to spiritually bypass, we don't want to just be sort of Pollyannish about it. Yeah, Um, what's another one? And so the other thing, the other one, um, I'm trying to think of what the other one was. What was the other one that I had? Um, really, it goes back to the other two, right? It would be, um, it would be just denying it, which goes back to what you were saying before. Um, so yeah, 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 just stuffing it away. So, um, or so, so how do we deal with this? Well, the first thing is that a lot of this stuff we're going to have to deal with in relationship, right? I don't think we can work through the intensity of these emotions outside of relationship now that could be with god right or it could be with the blessed virgin mary or it could be with a therapist or it could be with somebody else that you know can be with you on the journey but just like these little kids need adults they need their parents to help them through 
that you know regulation of that emotion if that stuff got um dysregulated and was encoded pre-verbally we're still going to need somebody to help us right? that fits in very well with what saint paul says in romans like literally saying right. none of us lives for oneself no one dies for oneself i mean there's this whole sense in which we're not in isolation that we're is been isolated from our past from what's happening now and for what's going to happen in the future all those things are connected right yeah. yeah i had not made that connection that's beautiful jerry that's really helpful right and saint paul emphasizes how we're all in one body right so we don't want you know just just the one part of the body that i am to try to heal itself right we can rely on the rest of the body right the rest of the, ch the church right and you know with christ as our head so um because one so thing really that occurs to me too, even with this perspective, like a perspective change, you know, if I recognize that I, okay, I have anger, angry feelings and I can choose what I want to do with them rather than just simply go into rage or deny, suppress, bury, whatever. And so I have to make a choice to do something. In other words, I have this feeling if it's a just anger, in other words, there really was something wrong done, mm -hmm. then I have a choice to act out in some way, which might mean talking to somebody, which might mm -hmm. mean taking an action to protect. It, but it leads to something positive. Yeah. So anger doesn't have to be always doesn't have to lead to bad things like a fist through a wall or something. Right. 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 Or the loss of a relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's to open it up that anger is a normal emotion. And like you were saying, what we do with it can be sinful or or even positive, positive, right? meritorious. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's interesting, like if if it's true that the future, even the past true and the future, it's all we're all connected. We're not isolated from from the future. Then we have a choice to act out of anger in a way that's going to harm others and have an effect on other people and even into the future. Or we have a choice to use it for something good and make an actual difference. Right. 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 Which is what what's so cool in this gospel, right? Because the 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 king guy chooses to do a good out of compassion. He has a right to be angry at this guy. Oh yeah, we, we need to talk about this, the magnitude, I know you pre prepped right, on this. Right. The magnitude of this guy's level of forgiveness and the he has such a right to be angry. This this king, yeah, this king. So, I mean, in, in the New American Bible translation, it translates yeah. the amount that this guy owed as a huge amount. But I'm always curious, like how much, how much did this guy really owe the king? Right. And it's 10,000 talents of silver. All right. So 10,000 talents. Well, that doesn't tell us a lot. How much is that really? Um, well, a talent is about 72 pounds. Uh, weights and measures varied a little bit back in these days, but about 72 pounds. So we're talking about of silver, seven, right? Of silver, right? So we're talking about 720,000 uh, uh, pounds of silver or 360 tons. 360 tons of silver. That's how much this guy owed the king. And if and uh, and if you actually translate it into troy ounces, that's a little over 10 million ounces. 10 million 500,000 ounces. And at 28 bucks an ounce, which is what silver is trading at, I guess right now, that's about 294 million dollars. 
$294 million is what this guy owed. And it would take almost 6,000 donkeys to carry it to the king. And if he didn't have the 6,000 donkeys, but he happened to have uh, about 1,500 camels, you could carry it on the 1,500 camels too. That's how much it would take for him to pay his debt. So when Jesus says ten, he owes the guy 10,000 talents to the listeners, he might as well have made up a number like a gabillion, a gajillion. Right, a gajillion. Because yeah. these are abominable amounts of money. And then the amount that the uh, that the uh, second servant owed the first servant, right. you know, that was, uh, that was 100 denarii. And that totals out to about 14.5 troy ounces, which again, in these in this day and age is 406 bucks. So you got 406 bucks versus 294 million bucks. Um, you know, that's the that's the order of magnitude here that that uh, that about the forgiveness. Right. So when you know, so the, it shows the forgiveness, right, the, the, the king was willing to forgive that debt, which was like a huge amount of like all the silver that even existed at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So so really, he, you know, Jesus is making a point. Right. That no matter how much someone in our life has hurt us, right, even something pretty bad. $294 million bad. God's kind of what we owe God. What we owe God. He, what we owe God is that close to billion dollars. Right. And if we can't forgive 400 bucks, man, something's wrong. Right. Right. And yet, but when we're in it, <laughs> you know, when we're in it, all we see is the 400 bucks. You right. owe me 400 bucks. You better give it to me, buddy. Kind right. of thing. We right. want a flesh for a flesh. We want our pound of flesh. And we're going to do whatever to get it sometimes. And that's that anger. To me, that's what Sirach is talking about, about cherishing wrath. Right. 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 This guy obviously remembered the debt. And it, it really bothered the other servants, right? I mean, he, you know, the two servants said the exact same thing. The first servant said to the king, you know, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. The second servant said to the first servant, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Right. They, they, they actually use the same words, but the, but the, uh, but the first servant didn't recognize, you know, didn't right. recognize the. So, so the anger that the servant had toward his fellow servant, when right. he choked, the guy was choking him. Right. It was anger. So right. is that wrathful anger. Right. But the anger that the master has is because it was an injustice done. And he has a right to say, you know, I don't know. When we were reading it, I actually smiled because of the torturers. I don't know. I have a dark sense of humor. <laughs> I actually thought it was a little bit like, said he did the torture. I was just picturing like the torturers, you know, like <laughs> group of people that, you, you know, you send people to. But maybe Kings obviously had torturers, I guess. But it just seemed like send him to the torturers was fitting, giving, given the magnitude of, uh, of the injustice done here. Right. Because there was, there was an assault. Right. I mean, that's what the, the first servant did to the second servant. He assaulted him and, right. uh, you know, was committing crimes against his, his physical being. But, right? but it was more than the assault. It was the fact that he didn't forgive when he was right. forgiven. That's the main right. point. It's like, right. wow, you were right. given almost a billion dollars and you can't bring yourself to have pity on this guy, other guy. So that's what's at stake for us. Like we've all been forgiven even more than a billion dollars. 
right. And yet, right. are we that faithless servant who's, you know, extorting from others? You know, that's, I feel like that's the call of the gospel. Well, and it connects back to the psalm, right? To Psalm 103, oh, when yeah. it says, yeah. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness toward those who fear him. Right? So the first servant feared the king. He went to him, made his plea, right? And the kindness was surpassing. $204 million worth of kindness. You know, we're talking, you know, 360 tons of silver worth of kindness. Boom. Right? Debt forgiven. Immediately. No debate. Just going to do it. Right? And so we need, but we don't, I don't think we sometimes understand like what we've been forgiven. Right? I, that's what I think happened to this guy. I, I think maybe this guy didn't even know what he owed anymore you know like he didn't even have a sense of the of the magnitude like otherwise i mean it's hard to know like and it's and he's just he's a parable character right think, so right right i think he's, we have blinders on i think it's all of us like we have blinders on to that we know it but we're not we we somehow put it out of our our, our mind we don't we don't think about it i think what's interesting though is the choking not not because he assaulted him so much but because that's how intense he was focused on the wrong done to him, right? And and I, I think there's a psychological element here because um, when you forgive someone, there is a liber truly from the heart. Right. There is right. a liberation that happens for the soul, for the mind. You let go. It's like, yeah, it's no problem. Let it right. go. It's great for that person, but it's good for you. Right. To do. Right. And this guy was caught up. Right. And that's why he couldn't, if he didn't have full awareness of how much he had been forgiven, that's why, because he's so single focused. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, that's that there are a number of people within the secular world that are emphasizing uh, forgiveness. Um, that that's a big thing right now and it's not because of the theological implications of it they don't even necessarily bring god in at all but it's because of the release that individuals feel when they are able to forgive but it can't be one of those spiritual bypassing forgiveness there there has to be at least enough of a recognition maybe not of every detail and not maybe tallying up every particular teeny tiny wrong or everything like that but at least enough of a sense to know what was what is being forgiven, right? Yeah. By the way, that. I want to let our listeners know that we're in the we're working on a forgiveness course right now. I can't give any details <laughs> who we're working with, um, but it will be really good. It's really a whole course to delve into this topic of forgiveness and how to forgive and all the elements. Because I mean, we're really focused on anger in this particular issue, but you can't help but notice the topic of forgiveness coming up in the gospel. Um, right. We have a lot more in store because it's just such right. a central piece of our faith and, such, and our such, experience. Right. And that's yeah. something that we need a lot of help with. Right. So that's why it's sort of getting laid out so clearly in the gospel and why it's laid out so clearly in Sirach, um, you know, that about the need for forgiveness, because it doesn't necessarily come naturally. You know, it's not that we're just necessarily going to have to be, um, you know, to be uh, to be mm -hmm. led to forgiveness. We're going to have to work at that, right? What's the old the old uh, Old Testament was an eye for an eye, right? It was to limit the retribution, limit the vengeance, right? That's where they were starting, right? right? And then our Lord takes that to a whole other thing. And that we didn't even mention Saint Peter, right? He says seventy times seven, you know, seven, seven times. Here's okay. Here's something I did find out. 
Yes. According to rabbinical teachings, yes, it is inspired from the book of Amos. Um, the rabbinic, the rabbis taught that you forgive someone three times, and on the uh, fourth yeah. time, that was it. Now, and and that because that was how God was in Amos, and so you don't become more forgiving than God, basically. Oh. Um, but it was three. So when Peter said seven times, P- good old Peter, he's like being a suck up. He's going. That's really generous, right? You know, like seven, and then Jesus, of course. <laughs> no, not even times seven. So it's like it's ad infinitum. It's not. It's not a. That's what seventy times seven means. It means forever and ever. It's like there's no limit. And so, um, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I remember it's, it's, being. Yeah. I remember being in, in at St. Gabriel School in Nina, Wisconsin. In I think it was the third grade. And uh, we were studying this in religion uh, and uh, we would also been doing like some math problems, you know, and we were doing some multiplication of two digit numbers or three digit numbers. So we actually did the math and I remember sitting there thinking, okay, Okay. so on the 491st time, do we, (laughs) do we not forgive? It seems like it's going to be hard to keep track of all of that. Right. You know, I was a pretty literal kid when it came to some of these issues back then, but it means, it means like an unlimited amount of time, yeah. right? Yeah. Because yeah. seven in the numerology, right, means perfection. That's right. like six, like right. six, six, six is imperfect, imperfect, right. imperfect. Seven, right. seven, seven is perfect, perfect, perfect. Right. 70 times seven just it right. means an infinity, basically. And well, and again, it's, 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 it's saying that our model now for forgiveness and for compassion is God himself and it's infinite, right? So we are to be, you know, uh, modeling, we're to be, we're to be following our model. Yeah. And I feel like the difference between somebody who forgives, who's like a doormat, you know, right. somebody is different because a doormat isn't really choosing Mm-hmm. in some way whereas mm-hmm. a person who ch- it, it has to be a conscious choice i think we probably should get to our you know the takeaway the action item here right um because i think that involves making a choice but before you can make a choice right you have to right. um identify right yeah or or to feel like you've got a gun to your head you know then it's not really a a charitable compassionate thing it's something more coerced right i'm forgiving because you know um if i don't forgive i'm afraid my husband will leave me you right. know or if i don't forgive then i'm afraid my son will never talk to me again or something like that right, right. so it's tied to worth so right. if i don't believe i'm worth anything then i better forgive or else i'm in trouble right i believe i if i know my worth and i choose right. to forgive then i'm making a choice out of out of goodness, if you will. Um, right. So there's kind of three three things in this action item, this 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 uh, this uh, little exercise, and it's to help inform our examination of conscience, right, uh, around anger. So the first thing is to really identify what we're angry about. Now, if you were to tell me, "Oh, I'm not angry about anything." then I get to be instantly suspicious, right? The people that aren't angry about everything, about anything where it doesn't exist at all, right? In their conscious awareness, it's sort of like, you know, Sherlock Holmes and the dog not barking, right? That's the, that was the key to solving the case was that there was no dog barking and the dog should have barked. I always listen for what's not there. And if somebody like presents with no anger, then I think to myself, either this is a new specimen of humankind, 
or you know it's buried somewhere right you know that it's just really hard to find so so some of it is really just doing some some work around tolerating one's own anger identifying what we're angry about uh and taking it back right so if i'm like unreasonably angry that the newspaper didn't come you know like if i'm like if i notice that i'm really angry that that the newspaper wasn't delivered today i get the wall street journal it's not in the driveway you know and i find that i'm angry about that more than makes sense there's probably something else that that's that that's triggering right because anger will look for lightning rods that are safe right it's safe for me to be angry at the newspaper delivery guy uh as opposed to what i otherwise you still get a newspaper wow that's amazing i love news i actually get three three newspapers two weeklies and uh and uh we get these little county newsletters paper things that show up and i get angry about that i'm like (laughs) i go down to the to get my garbage bin as i like angrily throw one of those back into the garbage bin because I don't want more paper. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a story behind that. Actually, I, that's it, it's an obedience to my confessor that I have a newspaper. Oh, uh, because okay. I was doing too much clicking and surfing on the web, and it's a way to really contain it. And I like the old style. I like old school that way. So, but the first thing is to really identify and to, to take it, and not just to go with the first answer. You know, I'm angry about X. You know, but to actually take it, because... Um, because you can actually go back. A lot of times what we're most intensely angry about is unresolved wounds from the past that are somehow being um, activated in the present. Right. And so if you just if you just start to ask the question, might this be about something from, you know, two years ago or 10 years ago or 1972, right? <laughs> uh, you know, right. The, just being open to that that there can be actually things that come up with that. And then the second thing is to determine what about this is emotion and what about this is the will, right? What about it is emotion and what about it is action, the choices that I'm making, right? Um, You know, because that's where we want to determine, am I harboring this? Am I nurturing this? Am Am I feeding it? Am I letting it dominate me, right? This anger, right? Because that's where the problem comes in, right? And then identifying, yeah, that's kind of going on. I'm allowing myself to make uh, rude jokes about this person. I'm cutting this person down in my mind. I'm gossiping about this person on the steps of the parish after mass uh, under the guise of asking for prayers for his soul or whatever. Right. I'm like, I'm like, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm acting out uh, with regard to this anger. And then the third thing. Uh, which you put so well here as we were kind of looking, bouncing this around is choosing, you know, how am I going to choose? What am I going to choose to do with this anger differently than what I have been doing? And I'm going to emphasize that this have a relational component, right? That we don't just try to figure it out all by ourselves through thinking, but we take it first to prayer, right? That could be to our Lord or could be to our lady or guardian angel or whoever we're connecting with St. Teresa of the zoo or whoever your patron saint is. And then maybe uh, it resolves. In some cases, that's enough because sometimes the uh, the person who wounded us or harmed us or injured us is dead, right? And we, you know, we're not going to have a big confrontation at Thanksgiving or something like that. Um, but there may be something that flows out of that that we need to do as far as being able to confess some of this stuff or being able to work with it more constructively with a person who has um, uh, 
brought up stuff. Like you and I actually worked through a little issue before we filmed the show, right? Mm-hmm. About how we do these shows, right? And we were able to exchange some things and it wasn't a lot of intensity, but you know, we have to do that on a really regular basis because there's plenty of ways in whole souls and hearts things that we bump up against each other. You know, new, yeah. it's a new thing. It takes a lot of time and energy. We've got different points of view, different ways of looking at things. So, you know, that's stuff that I we think have we, to do. We both time. made the choice to just listen to what the other person was saying. Right. You know, there's sometimes you make a choice to, and once you do that, it sort of ch- might change, might change things and, right. you know, and soften positions or yeah. something like that. It's just, there's a choice to connect rather than a choice to like, you know, stomp off and right in, in, in hold on to that wrath. Well, and if I, if I can hold on to the idea that you and I with souls and hearts, with this podcast, be with the, be with the word, with the show, you know, that we're not trying to impose our own will on it, but we're both trying to seek what God wants from it. You know, that we're trying to do that. Then it's a different perspective. Then it takes it away from the me versus you, right. To you and I together looking at, you know, what, what what right. should be coming from this you know and, and with grace and so forth so yeah, yeah. You know, so so i like that so we have you're identifying it so identifying the motion right. is the first part right. then right. i use the word classify but right classify yeah. i i yeah um yeah. what is it? Like, you know like is it is because it, it could be a, a just anger right it could, right it could be not it could be just an emotion it could be something that i you know and then you make a choice that right. might be to go to prayer with it. It might be to talk with a person, but you make a choice. It's never like the choice. What we want to avoid is the choice, uh, which just doesn't always feel like a choice, but the Incredible Hulk, he just goes right. green. Right. And takes it out on everybody. Right. Right. We don't want to be that. We don't have to be that. Right. Like we're not the Incredible Hulk. We can actually decide, you know, whether we need to be stern or we need to take an action or we need to communicate and make it clear what we're angry about um or sometimes we pray about it and decide you know what it's on me yeah i'm gonna let i'm gonna let some things go i've had some intense anger toward you that really wasn't about you at all it was about unresolved things in me and i've told you that at certain points right i've told you that i was really upset with you last week but it wasn't about you because i recognized that it was about something that it was from my past um, and it was about a lot of that was about my own insecurity about where souls and hearts was going and concerns about money and finances and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, so you could find stuff like that in, uh, you know, in, if you, if you ask the question, remember to do it in relationship, right? We want to do this in relationship because a lot of these wounds, um, they could be overwhelming if we didn't have somebody to be with us, right? So that could be God, that could be blessed Virgin Mary, it could be a therapist, it could be a friend, you know, that we can actually talk about some of this stuff with. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So. Wonderful. Well, we're going way over time today because I think we we predicted it too. Yeah, there's a lot because yeah. <laughs> this is such a big topic. It's such a good right. one, and uh, there's so much there, and we all have these emotions, and sometimes we don't want to do with them, especially anger. So, right. so that's great. Well, so we're probably needing to wrap up. Did we? Did we? So we gave the identify, classify, and then choose. Right. In terms right. of how do you handle anger? Right. So your action item. And then, and, and then, you know, just, you know, let people know about souls and hearts, right? Uh, subscribe to this, you know, this podcast on Spotify or Google play or Apple podcasts and, uh, you know, let other people know, um, all that stuff. 
So yeah, and come check out our courses. We've got lots of courses. Some are free. There's a couple that uh, cost something. Um, and we have a community as well. The Dr. Peter runs, um, resilient Catholics. And so we've just, we've got lots to offer our souls and hearts. Spread the word. Yep. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Uh, so until then, be still. Believe. Be loved. So take good care. God bless you all.